<laughs> there's nothing to do. <laughs> so I wanted to read something. You want to do that? No? I like this thing. Usually when I have a lot of time to fill, I revert back to a scripture. But this was one of my favorite. I remember when I... You ever hear a guy named uh, Sai Baba? He was an Indian saint or whatever he was. Years and years and years ago, I went to see him. And I had this I had this in a book, and I had him bless it. You know, this is... I've always liked this since I was a young a younger guy. And it's supposedly uh, by the church, the third uh, patriarch of Zen. Chinese patriarch, yeah? In China, Zen was called Chan. It's different than the way we think of it now. So this guy is uh, hard to say because it's Sin Sin Ming, suppose his name was. But what it is, it's faith mind. Yeah, it's like what we were talking about today. So I'll just read some of it and sort of like I can riff on it. I like it. So a lot of times the translations are different. So I don't know which one this is really, but we just printed one of them. So it says, The great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. We could stop right there. (laughs) (laughs) So the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. So what would the response, if you heard it in one way, it would be, i got to get rid of my preferences, yeah? i got to do something about these preferences that are mine. But we're trying to undermine that whole approach by going to the preferences aren't yours. So in a way, that's how you can live with preferences, but in a sense live as if you're rid of them. Yeah? Because there's not an ownership of them. It's different than trying to... Because I used to hear this stuff from a a point of self-centeredness, so everything I would hear sounded like there's something I had to do. Yeah? So I'd hear this. Oh, so it's my preferences that are stopping me from being able to live the great way. Yeah? So again, all the emphasis is on me. So if, And then it just logically assumes that, well, if I got rid of all my preferences, then I'd be living the great way. Well, good luck. Yeah? Because you could say that's a preference, that you want to live the great way. So you want to get rid of all the preferences, but you have a preference about that. You can't get out of it. Yeah? It's like once... Once you're here, it's like you're on flypaper. Every place you step is on flypaper. You're not going to get out cleanly. So what we're saying is, who is it that has the preferences? If it's not you, and therefore if it's not you, the preference that you seem to have won't have such meaning. You won't hold them in such high regard. You won't be attached to them. There won't be a clinging to them, yes? The preferences will be preferences, not like, my preferences. They're totally different. Yeah? So this is sort of like going like the back door in a way and just seeing that who is it that has the preferences that seems to keep them from living the great way. Well, what would happen if they weren't your preferences? You may hold the idea that a preference has no ability to keep you from living the great way and therefore you're not kept from living the great way. Yeah? So, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. When love and hate are both absent, everything becomes clear and undisguised. So, this is a great treatise on duality. Yeah, Duality is like the movement of conditional mind. There isn't just yes without a no. Yeah, There isn't high without a low. There isn't night without a day. There isn't either without an or. It's always complementary yet antagonistic at times, yeah? But they both arise in the conditional mind. Yeah? You can't get one without the other. Yeah? In other words, you never get, you're not going to have only positive thoughts, what you call positive thoughts, because there'll be some thoughts you'll call negative. Yeah? Because that's just how the mind works. So he's saying here, when love and hate are, a, are both absent, and I don't think he's talking specifically about love and hate, He's using that as an example of the whole system of dual, dualistic thought. Yeah, When that system of dualistic thought, let's say, weakens, everything becomes clear and undisguised. Yeah. When it's strong and you're trying to see through that dualistic or that bifocal lens, it's a form of blindness called self-centeredness. So no matter how hard you look, 
in a dualistic way, you're not going to see the clarity and the uh, what 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 everything will not become clear and undisguised. Yeah. So it's sort of like this is make the smallest distinction, however, and earth, heaven and earth are set infinitely apart. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as the yes leads to a no, distance arises. And now goodness is way over there and badness is way over here or whatever. Yeah. If you wish to see the truth, then hold no opinions for or against anything. It doesn't say don't have any opinions. It says don't hold them. Yeah. So the opinions are going to come up probably, but it says hold no opinions for or against anything. So in a way, you're placed in a position of neutrality. You're placed in a position of neutrality. It doesn't say you work really hard and get to a position of neutrality. You're placed in a position of neutrality. You entertain certain possibilities, and the result of entertaining those possibilities is you may find yourself uh, brought or dropped into a position of neutrality. Yeah. Where either or, yes or no, there's not, it's not weighed on one side or the other. Yeah. You're traveling later. That's the point. If you wish to see the truth, then hold no opinions for or against anything. To set up what you like against what you dislike is the disease of the mind. What does that happen when you set up what you like with what you dislike? There's conflict and tension, isn't there? Agitation, yes? There's agitations between yes and no. In spirituality, there's agitation between feeling disconnected and connected. This, all of it promotes agitation of mind. Yeah. If you're here, you think you should be there. If you're there, you think you should be here. But in this sense, he says, if you wish to set what up what you like against what you dislike, is the disease of the mind. When the deep meaning of things is not understood... The mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail. In other words, all the thinking, all the agitation isn't leading anywhere. Yeah? It's just disturbed for the sake of being disturbed. When the deep meaning of things is not understood. Well, what is that deep meaning of things? Well, find out. Yeah? Maybe the deep meaning of things is that they're not things. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the deep meaning. Yeah, who knows? But when the deep meaning of things is is not understood, therefore you're taking the thing to be real. The mind's essential peace is disturbed to no avail. The way is perfect, like vast space where nothing is lacking and nothing is in excess. It is, indeed, it is due to our choosing to accept or reject that we do not see the true nature of things. Wait a minute. I beg to differ. I beg to differ on that. <laughs> I like to argue this point for a while. <laughs> indeed, it is due to our choosing to accept or reject that we, we do not see the true nature of things. Live neither in the entanglements of outer things, nor in inner feelings of emptiness. Be serene in the oneness of things, and such erroneous views will disappear by themselves. That is my faith. That's not the faith. That's the faith I have in mind. That's the faith I have in mind. Be serene in the oneness of things. In other words, entertain. Yeah a possibility, and such erroneous views will disappear by themselves. And I'm here to tell you that happens. That happens. Yeah. You don't have to try to dissect and defeat the erroneous views. Just, <laughs> you know, be serene in the oneness of things. Yeah. In that serenity, the shit will drop off. Yeah. It would be an agitation to try to rip everything off, right? Or chisel it away, or try to sort of it away. That would be that would be 
sought and moved by agitation. But this it says, be serene in the oneness of things. Why not? Yeah? And then the erroneous views will disappear by themselves. It doesn't say they'll go away, they'll disappear. Because they're appearing. They're not here. Yeah? They're appearing, and you'll get the dualistic experience of them disappearing. Yeah? You'll see that things are based on seemingly. Everything is seemingly here. And the word seemingly means it appears to be true or false to us. Yeah? So, if I'm in a bad shape, supposedly, or seemingly that day, which is the case, I seemingly are in a bad shape, I perceive things much differently than when I'm seemingly in a good in good shape. Yeah? So, like in recovery, we say it's false evidence appearing real. So that would be the acronym for fear. So, all right, false evidence appearing real. How could false evidence ever be real? Yeah? The best it can do is appear to be real. So it needs something to appear to be real too. It can't be real because it's it's false. So it needs the best it can do is appear to be real to you. Yeah? And it needs the you to appear to be real too. Without the you, without that sense of having preferences, the yes and no, high or low, good or bad, da-da-da, da-dee-dee, da-da-da, without that vision, yes, that false evidence will not appear real. Yeah? It plays to those preferences. It plays to this. It plays to the assumptions that we're taking to be true. And in, and in that, that assumption gives the meaning to false evidence. Hey, it's real. It's real to me. Yeah? And I'm not getting off it. I know it's real to me. Yeah? But here it's saying... What was he saying? Oh, oh yeah. I just, I just want to stay with... Be serene in the oneness of things. And such erroneous views will disappear by themselves. When you try to stop activity to achieve passivity, your very effort fills you with activity. It's just like if you're going to sign up for a two-year course of how to get out of obsession with self, that's obsession with self. (laughs) You can't escape (laughs) because you're not actually in it. (laughs) When you try to stop activity, okay, I'm not going to do this because I want to be peaceful, to achieve passivity... Your very effort fills you with activity. I used to, I lived on this big land in Australia, on this compound with a very rich guy, and he had a spiritual background. And he had a, so we lived in a house, and there was other people living in the property, and he liked to meditate at 5.30. So he'd drive around on this cart, like at 5, to tell everyone on the property, I don't want any noise, because I'm going to be enjoying peace at 5.30. But his running around, he was totally agitated, trying to set up the conditions to be at peace. And it was hilarious, you know. He'd drive over, hey, don't be making any noise. 5.30, the bell rings, everything. I said, but what about now? No, 5.30. This is the dilemma. How can agitation beget peace? When you try to stop activity to achieve passivity, your very effort fills you with activity. As long as you remain in one extreme or the other, you will never know oneness. Yeah. One extreme and the other. Feeling connected and then the next day feeling disconnected. They're very extreme, aren't they? You're at a retreat and it's lovely and it's they give you massages during the day. It's like barely could be called a retreat. It's just like a fucking spa vacation, but they they wrap it with a spiritual name so you feel like you're not guilty for enjoying yourself. So now you're on this retreat, and so you feel connected. But then the next day you go to another condition, and you're in the other extreme, you feel disconnected. Yes? As long as you remain in one extreme or the other, you will never know oneness. Those who do not live in the single way fail in both activity and passivity, assertion and denial. They do a lot, it's not working out. If they chill out, it's not working out. Yeah? They go to no satsangs, it's not working out. They go to tons of satsangs, it's not working out. 
<laughs> it's really fucking frustrating when you're in it. Those who do not live in the single way fail in both activity and passivity, assertion and denial. To deny the reality of things is to miss their reality. To assert the emptiness of things is to miss their reality. The more you talk and think about it, the further astray you wander from the truth. Stop talking and thinking, except for me today. (laughs) Stop talking and thinking, and there is nothing you will not be able to know. To return to the root is to find the meaning, but to pursue appearances is to miss the source. So you can look at it as mind, the root of the mind. What is the meaning in the root of mind? Emptiness, yes? Clarity. Big as the open sky. Clear as the open sky. Allowing everything to appear in it, yet not being affected by whatever appears in it. Yes? That could be the root of the meaning. But to pursue appearances, yes? The appearances of your own image flitting across, built by thoughts and obsession with self, the appearances of past images and, of, and the speculation of future images, yes? But to pursue those appearances is to miss the source. You're so busy with the movement of a mental process, you don't get the sense of the space and emptiness of mind itself, yeah? You're like that hamster in the hamster cage, spinning and spinning and spinning around fearful of ever stopping. At the moment of inner enlightenment, how about now? There is going beyond appearance and emptiness. So you're not seeking emptiness and you're not buying the appearances. You go beyond it. But you don't go beyond it because you're an appearance. (laughs) So there's a going beyond it. You stay right here. Everyone keeps seeing you. <laughs> but you're gone. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the changes that appear to occur in the empty world we call real only because of our ignorance. That's all. It's a perfect diagnosis. He's just telling us, he's giving us a diagnosis from many, 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 many eons ago or years ago, and it fits perfectly right now because the disease of the mind is the disease of the mind. Yeah? The changes that, are, that appear to occur in the empty world we call real only because of our ignorance. Do not search for the truth, only cease to cherish opinions. Again, before it said about don't hold on to opinions, it doesn't say don't have any opinions. You never did. Opinions are going to arise, but he uses the word hold on and cherish in this case. Yeah? So it's not saying don't, no opinions. Yeah? The opinions are going to arise. This is the conditionality of the apparatus. It prefers things. It has yes or no, close and far. Yeah? But it says cherishing it. Cherish is a great word. Yeah? Because in some other aspects of Buddhism, they, call, they talk it about the cherishing of self. Yeah? So the mind cherishes what it's making up. So it's, you may think that you would do, walk away from it if you had the chance, but you're really, the mind is in a loving embrace with the thing it's making. It's sort of into it. Yeah? It's into it in some respects. And that's why a life, let's say, of what you would call disappointment or bottoms or like that can be very, very instructive because you get disillusioned by that, that, in, that enchantment you have with you. Yeah? The specialness of you wears thin. Yeah? The hope that somehow you're going to be really great starts disappearing. And you get very disillusioned about the appearances. And in that state, you're open to hear something. Yeah, you may be open, you may be ripe in a sense, if there's any need to be ripe, but your mind, like a lazy Susan, may be at that opening where the message will get right in. Yeah? Because you've been terror, like we say in recovery, you're at a point of pure, pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. Now, I'm not saying that's an extreme of it, but I can see different levels of that case. 
but there is a disillusionment in a sense. And then the mind wakes up and then entertains some other possibility. Yeah? So do not search for the truth, only cease to cherish opinions. Jesus Christ. Most of my direction was to search for the truth. Well, since I got into the business of spirituality, it was either subtly or, you know, browbeatingly. You know, you have to do this, you have to do that. But very rarely was it, hey man, what's your, what are your opinions about the truth? What is it that you think you need to do to be available to the truth? What's your opinions about that? Is can you just possibly entertain it so now? No. You think you need to deserve it? You think you need to work hard for it? And you think you have to keep working hard for it because you really don't deserve it? Yeah? And it's going to be really difficult to, to, to uh, convince that belief, that opinion that you really don't deserve it, to, to let go. So you have to keep vigilantly applying the solutions and everything like that. Is that the opinion you have? Maybe that's much a better approach to look at that than to start seeking the truth. Yeah? The truth will dawn very obviously if these are given up. If you, if you, and I'm not even saying giving them up. I'm saying giving up the haver of them. Who has the opinion? Because the one who has the opinion is giving more meaning to the opinion than anything else. The one who has the opinion is the big meaning giver. Yeah. If I want to change my life, just change what's giving it the meaning it has. That's all. If I want to change this whole world in one day, just change what's giving it the meaning. And it's been given a meaning from a point of view called self-centeredness. It has been given a meaning from a point of view. If you're tied to that point of view, question the center of that system. If that system isn't you, your mind may move off of it. And now some other system of mind, maybe a much larger open field of mind, will start expressing or giving meaning to things. Yeah. So your relationship that may look like a ball and chain may look like a loving possibility the next moment. Yeah. The light that seems like drudgery, you'll start seeing the joy of it. This, this is like child's play to mind. Mind is giving everything the meaning it has. You don't think it can switch the meaning? It does it every day. I see it in recovery. People have a story of the worst thing that ever happened to them in their life. They get in recovery. After about a year or two of being in AA, they have to admit that was the best thing that ever happened to them. How could the worst thing be the best thing? It's neither. It wasn't the worst thing, nor it was the best thing. It was the meaning the mind was giving it. When the mind changes, you can change the worst thing into the best thing. I've seen it over and over again. Don't you? Well, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so do not search for the truth. Only cease to cherish opinions. Opinions. Do not remain in the dualistic state. Avoid such pursuits carefully. If there is even a trace of this and that of right and wrong, the mind essence will be lost in confusion. Yeah? doesn't say your mind essence. It says the mind essence. Yeah, The mind essence will be lost in confusion. Although all dualities come from the one, do not be attached even to this one. When the mind exists undisturbed in the way, when the mind exists undisturbed in the way, yeah? nothing in the world can offend and when a thing can no longer offend, it ceases to exist in the old way. In other words, a whole new set of meaning has taken over. So what something that used to really bother the hell out of you doesn't have any effect on you anymore. Yes? And then you realize, obviously, it wasn't the thing that had that ability. It was you. It was the mind. Yeah? The mind looks at it one way. It's totally open to be attacked by it. It looks at it another way, it has total invulnerability to it. You've got to see the principle of the role we have here. We're giving everything all the meaning it has. You talk about being responsible for your actions. This is a much different level of responsibility. This is the dream, baby. <laughs> this is dreaming. 
It's dreaming right now. We may be on the same stage, but we're all in separate dreams in a way. We're having a subjective experience here. The mind is giving meaning to things. The thing itself doesn't have an inherent meaning. Its inherent meaning is that it's empty. If it had a real meaning, no matter what meaning you try to put on it, the real meaning would usually win out. The real meaning is that it's empty. It doesn't have a meaning in and of itself. We give it the meaning it has. When no discriminating thoughts arise, which are what? The dualistic thoughts again. Let's say the idea of being the one who thinks them doesn't arise. Let the thoughts arise. But as long as the thought that it's you that's thinking them doesn't arise, you'll be in damn good shape. Yeah. So when no discriminating thoughts arise, the old mind ceases to exist. What's that old mind? Self-centeredness. The old mind, self-centeredness, ceases to exist. Another mind starts taking over. It may happen quickly or slowly, but you'll know it by its fruits. You'll recognize you're traveling lighter. Yeah. Even in spite of yourself, even in spite of all your meaning of I got to get there all the way, all that baloney, you'll have to begrudgingly admit that you're traveling lighter. The mind is being recalibrated. The old mind won't exist because it exists as you through identification with it. Yeah? It doesn't have any existence. We breathe life into it, we breathe life into the idea of being a self. Self does not inflict us. Self has not defeated us. What defeats us is when the self is my self. When I become identified with that, yes, then in a weird way, that identification defeats me. Why? Because I forget my nature. I take myself to be a freaking thing. And even worse, a mental thing. An idea from a very strange, crazy mind. You know, Paul... You may look at, I may be crippled outside. The pole of my mind is severely crippled. It's got, it has lesions and sores I never want anyone to see. If I was that, I would, I'd be busy all day trying not to be that. And that's what I was really trying to do with every vehicle I ever got in. Spirituality, drugs, recovery, reading a lot, going to tons of movies, whatever it was, was trying to get out of that which I took myself to be. Yeah? I never realized the solution was letting it be exactly what it is, which it isn't you. (laughs) I mean, it was looking like, it brought such a depressing atmosphere over me because I basically said, fuck it, how am I going to get out of this? I need to have a living therapist. You know, who could live, go back into my past and live with that, Paul? This was going to be a, an, a work of ages. It was never. It was like a. It was going to be a never everlasting and you know urban renewal project. And there's no way it was going to let up on that. And it finally did when it wasn't about me. That's the only way it worked in my life. I finally got the relief that all those shots of coke were trying to get. Yeah. All those retreats, all those pranaming, all that. All of it. So, when no discriminating thoughts arise, the old mind ceases to exist. When thought objects vanish, the thinking subject vanishes. As when the mind vanishes, objects vanish. Things are objects because of the subject. Yeah? Mind. The mind subject is such because of things, objects, yes. Now the weird thing is, we're taking the object to be a subject, aren't we? So we're not even clear on this. We don't realize that subjects are seeing objects. We believe an object is seeing an object, yeah? We're believing an object is seeing another object. When the only thing that can see an object is the subject. Yeah? Whatever can be perceived, which would be an object, can't perceive. So what's perceiving here isn't an object, it isn't a thing, it's no-thingness. It's awareness, mind, whatever you want to call it. 
only a subject can have an object. An object can't know another object. Only subjectivity allows objectivity. Yes? We believe that we're a special someone. Yeah? A special subject. But in fact, what we are is subjectivity. The same subjectivity looking out of everyone's head is what we are. If you look at this room, everyone's having the exact same experience. I'm looking at you. The you's are different, yes? I'm looking at you, but the same experience is coming from Paula. I'm looking at you, yeah? We're all having the same experience. The objects may be different, but the same experience is occurring. I is seeing an object. I is not an object. It's referring to the subject, which allows the seeing of the object. So when I say I'm seeing, that's pretty damn correct. When I ask who that I is, and my mind says it's me, that's incorrect. Yeah? Oh, thank you. Kiss my feet. Yes. <laughs> I wanted someone finally to do this. <laughs> so you see, the subject, I, is looking at an object. It makes a very clear observation, you. That's what it's called. Yeah? To signify it's there. Yeah? Now, in this room, everyone looks at this as a you. Everybody. There's not one time you see this, you call it me. Yeah? Yet, if you brought 8,000 people here, and the same experience would be happening, and they're all saying, proclaiming to this, it's a you, my mental process rises and says, I beg to differ. It's me. Yeah? I'm a special you. I'm, I'm a special you. I have the qualities of spirit, but I'm, I'm, I, have the, I have the physicality of a body. I call it me. It's like a marriage of heaven and earth called me. I have the best of both worlds. I'm the one who's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then I'm the doer. I'm feeling and running around. Yeah, This is delusion. This is just a little mistake. But that little mistake progresses geometrically in time and space. Yeah, A little mistake in time and space can progress geometrically. And that's what we're doing now. The mind is assuming a miscalculation and every time, it's just like if those people used to steal, they, they had a great idea. They just took like one quarter of a cent from billions of transactions. They made tons of money. No one noticed it because it was such a small thing, like one quarter of a cent. But times three billion, that was a lot of money. So here's the calibration. It's a little off, but if repeated, yes, the delusion gets stronger. We're, see, we're trying to just stop and look. Look at that. What's truly seeing? Is the eye the only thing that's experiencing anything here? Or are we all separate views that have the quality of an eye? That you are different than the eye that's looking out of this. That that quality of eye is different than this. Give me a break. You look at Rob's kid. It's the same eye. The same eye attempting to navigate a new thing called a body. Its nervous system is like this. It's got its moves. It's doing this with its wrists. It can't get to the thing. Its eye, eye and hand coordination is off. It goes like this. Ah, it doesn't get it. You know, this and that. It's just the thing is kicking up. You know, it's booting up and it's attempting. But the consciousness is there. The consciousness which enlivens it. The consciousness which is its seat is there to think that I'm the one that's doing that is totally it's just self-centered arrogance when the fact is she's been on and there's no sense of a me at all in her yet yet the onness is there so she was way prior she was on prior the, to, to when she appears which is going to happen maybe 18 months right the feeling of her as a separate individual entity isn't even appearing now yet there's life This is a mental process that we're taking ourselves to be. There's something prior to the mental process, which is consciousness in contact here. Consciousness is what's seeing this. Consciousness is what's feeling this. Consciousness is what's smelling. 
Consciousness is affording all of these experiences. It's not you and I, but it's all of us. It's that I. It's subjectivity. It's not a subjective experience. It's subjectivity, right? And then the mental process makes it subjective. Subjectivity, and then the mental process makes it subjective. I think there's nothing wrong with it, but I think the mental process got a little too big for its britches and started claiming everything. Yeah. Says, "Hey, fuck that! I don't want to have any. I don't want to have any God before me. I'm the one who's conscious. It's me that's seeing. It's me that's hearing. It's me that's feeling. Let's just totally forget this power, forget this sense of I-ness, and let's just get obsessed with the me. Guess what? I think we're in that. Yeah." Now we're begging for relief, but it's totally based on ignorance. We're thinking we're going to get better. The the source of the ailment is seeking to get better from itself. Instead of realizing you're not the source of the ailment. You can't walk away from something that you think you are. But if you're not that, you can walk away. That's the whole message. It's just hopefully availing your mind of an opportunity or a possibility it hasn't entertained yet. That's all. The ability to entertain is unbelievable. Yeah, It's just, right now, the mind has been enslaved to have all of its entertaining ability defined by a system called self-centeredness. So whatever, thing, whatever it entertains is based on things, whatever it entertains is based on time, whatever it entertains is based on doing and having. It has its its entertainment has been like been put into a girdle, just been put into a straitjacket. Yet it keeps entertaining, but now it's entertaining the length of my pants. It's entertaining the pimple on my nose. It's entertaining what that girl meant by saying hello to me five years ago. It's just going over all this minutia and entertaining it unbelievably obsessively because it's pent up. Release it, you know? Give it a bigger pasture, that fucking horse would be happy. The only dilemma with this pen is it has its own it has its own fence that you never see. You're identified with the system. So when you want to leave the system, you leave as the system. And therefore you run into a statement or an axiom that people in recovery know very well, self can't get out of self. So you run into that fact and you don't like it. You don't want to admit that. You think you're going to be special. That you're going to be the exception. And I'm just going to keep doing it and I'm going to get over myself. Good luck. Instead, the easier, softer way is entertaining you're not that. If you're not that, then not, it may not be a big road to hoe. You know? It may be, like it says, willing to go to any lengths. It might not be much. <laughs> I mean, it's worth the entertaining, isn't it? So you go and hear it from different people, and this one flavor may get through more than other flavors. That's all, yeah. But hopefully with all the messages, it's just a message, hey, like, you're a a lion. You're a lion, yeah. That's the dilemma, though. You're a lion. You hear it. You're sitting there. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. Then it hits the sheep ear, and now you, you can become like a lion. That's one of the pitfalls. That's what I found when I heard this message. I fell into this pit I'm talking about that self can't get out of self. I heard the message, but my mind, my self-mind claimed it, and now I thought I was the non-self. Walking around, oh, I'm not that, I'm not this, you know. (laughs) It was unbelievable. You know, my girlfriend would be mad at me, well, there's no Paul. I didn't really, there's no one who did that. She'd be going, fuck you, Paul. Clean up those dishes. Well, I didn't, no, there's no Paul, so... You know, all this bullshit, yeah? So the second one was, hey, it's not so much the message that you hear, but how you heard the message. Yeah? 
it's not so much the message that you hear, it's how you've heard it. How's the mind set up? How is it framing what it's hearing? Because that's what's going to define the message, not the message. Yeah? The message is going to be interpreted. So let's see. Am I hearing the message of I I am a lion as I can become like a lion? Well, look at your behavior and you'll see what the message got turned into. Yeah? You'll see it. You'll be able to diagnose yourself clearly. And then if the correction is made, what do you do with, hey, Paul, you're a lion. Nothing. You entertain it. Yeah? You receive it and then you see and feel it out. Yeah? There's nothing. You don't get marching orders. Actually, it sort of stops you. You have to sit just like when they told me, hey, you know, you're a a fucking washed up junkie and I was open enough to really seriously get that I didn't insult, you know I just sat there stunned when the whole house of card collapsed that's all that's all you can do and then I started to entertain what was said and then it rang true yeah and then when it rang true what had been appearing to ring true sounded really fucking false And this thing kept reverberating and there was an unspoken yes about it and I have to admit that its demonstration has just verified and galvanized that unspoken yes. Relying on this power greater than self has totally been reliable. To a point where you can really give up the ghost. You can really put it down and not look at it. You can actually stretch out and rest, really. Or in my case, it seems like a last answer. Even though I had some really good answers in life, like recovery, I was still trying to add on to it. This, I haven't added anything on to it. I just let it be exactly what it was, and which to me is nothing. But that nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. That nothing is it. Yeah? And the space is the temple. I don't need to build any conceptual ideas about it and try to box it in. The open space is the temple where I worship. Let it be what exactly what it is. Yeah. And it allows me to see what I'm not when it appears. Each one of them stuck with an arthritic finger through the my pointing at the phantom Paul. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're a loser. Yes, this, yes, that. You could be better. Yes, duh, duh, all that. It's a form of slavery. That's that's the nicest way of saying it. Seeking is a form of slavery. Most people have to finally admit they've been seeking, in a sense, so long they know now they don't want to find. It's just seeking. It's like a rabid aspect of mind. It just the pretense was it would stop when it was when it found something, but it's been obviously shown not to be the case. It just keeps on keeping on. Yeah. Like every other addiction. I my addiction to drugs never was satiated by the best drug I ever shot. It actually incited it more. Yeah, the addictive mind never gets satiated it's just agitated and it lives on its agitation to get more agitated and it goes on and on and on and on then there's no place for you to rest your mind is there's no clear reflection your mind is agitated you can have the greatest message of all dropped in and it will be muddied in a second yeah Oh, what is this here? Okay. To live in the great way. In this emptiness, the two are indistinguishable, and each contains the, in itself the whole world, being the reality or emptiness. If you do not discriminate between coarse and fine, you will not be tempted to prejudice and opinion. So you have a much more accepting view. 
of what is. Basically, the only quality it needs to be accepted is that it is. <laughs> if it's a manifesting, <laughs> there's an acknowledgement of it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get over the fact that it's appearing. <laughs> I mean, it seems to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> to live in the great way is neither, neither easy nor difficult but those with limited views are fearful and irresolute the faster they hurry the slower they go and clinging attachment cannot be limited in other words you can't limit you're attached to the truth it's more special than attachment to something else right you can't limit it and say this yeah 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 even to be attached to... Oh, I'm just going to verify what I just said. I love that. Yeah? Even to be attached to the idea of enlightenment is to, be, is to go astray. Yes? Just let things be there in their own way. If you let things be in your own way, you'll be let... Be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that you're so benevolent. It's very practical, Yeah. <laughs> Even to be attached to the idea of enlightenment is to go astray. Just let things be in their own way. And there will be neither coming nor going. Obey the nature of things, your own nature, and you will walk freely and undisturbed. That's traveling later. When thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden. What is thought in bondage to? The self, isn't it? When thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden, for everything is murky and unclear, and the burdensome practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit, like, what should I do, what shouldn't I do? Like this lady, very nice lady, you know, going over with a, like a, like a magnifying glass what she's doing to see where it hits the point of obsessiveness, yeah? It's just way too much fucking activity, Yeah. Call off the dogs. You know what I mean? The hunt isn't that important, really. <laughs> when thought is in bondage, the truth is hidden, for everything is murky and unclear, and the burdensome practice of judging brings annoyance and weariness. What benefit can be derived from distinctions and separation? The only benefit I saw was specialness, yeah? And being right. The only way you can really feel mentally unique is in separation. Yeah? You have to seem to be really different than everyone else. Yeah, That were the only things I saw that seemed to be valued. That's, that was like the, the gold ring that was actually not that I was on that carousel. Yeah? Not, not willing to give up the ghost with the hopes I'd be special or arrive yeah? mm-hmm. or be there when I get it. Yeah. If you wish to move in the one way, do not dislike even the world of senses and ideas. Indeed, to accept them fully is identical with true enlightenment. Hallelujah! The wise man strives to no goals, but the foolish man fetters himself. There is one Dharma or one way, not many. Distinctions arise from the clinging needs of the ignorant. To seek mind with the discriminating mind is the greatest of all mistakes. So if you're seeking mind, let's say, or like they say, to seek the Buddha with the Buddha, yeah, to seek mind with the mind. See, to seek the Buddha with the Buddha is, you're the Buddha. <laughs> you, ain't, you don't need to be looking for the Buddha, yeah. So to seek mind with the mind is insane. You are the mind. <laughs> even though the ordinary mind looks different like they say in some, some sects of Buddhism the ordinary mind and the enlightened mind are the same mind it's just the, the, diff, just the, the system of, or the modality of duality seems to make the mind different but its essence is the same Yeah. so what the fuck are you looking for? I don't think he'd say that <laughs> what the fuck are you looking for? that would be good <laughs> that would be the good sutra. The, what the fuck are you looking for, sutra? <laughs> so to come directly into harmony. Oh, wait a minute. All is empty and clear. Let's see. All right. Oh, here it goes. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah. For, for the unified mind, 
in accord with the way all self-centered striving ceases. For the unified mind, to, in accord with the way, one of the byproducts will be from the unified mind. Not activity, but one of the byproducts will be all self, self-centered striving will cease. Yeah? Doubts and irresolutions vanish, and life in true faith is possible. With a single stroke, we are freed from bondage. Neither Nothing clings to us and we hold to nothing. All is empty, clear, self-illuminating, with no exertion of the mind's power. Here, thought, feeling, knowledge, and imagination are of no value. Here, I'd say right now, actually, thought, feeling, knowledge, and imagination are of no value. <laughs> it's not a mythical year. Here. <laughs> I mean, my mind's going here, you know, especially here. No, here. <laughs> oh, that, really? Yeah, here. <laughs> I think they have value here, but not the here I'm trying to get to by them. <laughs> I thought this was my vehicle to get to the here. (laughs) And then they'll have no use. But now they have plenty of use because I'm not in the here. I'm here. But here is the here. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) The difference between heaven and earth. (laughs) Woo! All is empty and clear. Wait a second. Oh, yeah. Empty, clear, self-illuminating, with, ner- with no exertion of the mind's power. Here, thought, feeling, knowledge, and imagination are of no value. In this world of suchness, there is neither self nor other than self. Yeah? To come directly into harmony with this reality, just simply say when doubts arise, not to. This was his little instruction. Not to. Or when something arises, maybe say, is this true? Or whatever you want. You can use other little vehicles, yeah? What you want is to pause. When the mind pauses, that's its nature. You get a clear expression of its nature, which is empty, yeah? So, to come directly into harmony with this reality, just simply say when doubts arise, not to. In this not to, nothing is separate, nothing is excluded. No matter when or where, enlightenment means entering this truth. And this truth is beyond extension or diminution, whatever, making it smaller, in time or space. In it, a single thought is 10,000 years. Emptiness here, emptiness there, but the infinite universe stands always before your eyes. Infinitely large and infinitely small, no difference, for definitions have vanished and no boundaries are seen. So too with being and non-being. Don't waste time in doubts and arguments that have nothing to do with this. One thing, all things, move among and intermingle without distinction. To live in this realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. I think we used another statement earlier, which is to be relieved of the anxiety of imperfection. He's saying it in another way, really quite beautiful too. To live in the realization is to be without anxiety to be without anxiety about non-perfection. Yeah? To live in this faith is the road to non-duality. Yeah? There you go. To live in this faith, if you thought there was a road to non-duality, he's basically saying, to live in this faith of mind will be the road to non-duality. Yeah? Because the non-dual is one with the trusting mind. <laughs> Words, the way is beyond language, for in it there is no yesterday, tomorrow, no today. And I'm throwing in my own little thing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Because the non-dual is one with the trusting mind. Faith mind. When the mind has the ability to be convinced, when it hits a point, like in my own experience of, of living here, there are certain absolutes about the disease of alcoholism that I'm thoroughly convinced of. Also, I'm convinced thoroughly 
about the absolute of some things that were said in this little, these statements. Yeah, in that sense of being convinced, that's faith mind, and the faith mind is that sense of being convinced. Yeah, it allows you. to have immunity to the advertising, the mind will not stop creating or making. It's going to keep making advertising campaigns, yes? But you'll have an immunity to it. In other words, the siren songs will be muffled. Yeah? And you will sense that they're not about you, so you won't look back. So then you can just get on with it. And that with it is Sunday. Get on with Sunday. Get on with this day. Not like, I'm going to start getting on with it Monday. No, we're getting on with it right now. It's always that close to us, yeah? You're going to walk out of here if any jo- if the job was done well with nothing. That's what you're going to be armed with, yeah? And that's, where, that's what you can truly rest on, because that's not going anywhere. It's always available at all times. What you don't deem to be a thing is the real thing, in a sense. It's the only thing that can be relied on. questions I don't even like the idea of dwelling in the the emptiness like it said here I don't I just like this I like this dog shit awareness just yes I think it reveals everything here really if you just pay attention on a normal day you'll get everything so, no questions is Rob coming up with one? In there? <laughs> he has to get a. Oh, he's got notes. I'm on you. I don't think I have anything else. Someone else must have a question they want to ask. If not, we'll end. That's great. I love ending. I mean, how more? How much more do you want to get the spiritual subpoena delivered? You know, <laughs> you've been you've been served. But we can go on. It doesn't matter. But I am a believer in uh, not overdoing it. Because you know? it is a message. It's like to inform one of a possibility. Not to beat you with my own possibility. Yeah? But to inform you of a possibility that is available. Yeah? And the faith I have in mind is... I trust mind can do a whole lot with very little. It doesn't need a huge amount of avalanche of information. It just needs a primer. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It's usually life has been a cooker anyway. You're probably all ready in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then you just drop a couple of drops of gas in and the car starts up. And what's the purpose then? Is to wonder why it started or drive? I would say drive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can sit and wonder why it started and go over. Was it because it was me? or I just rather drive. That's the purpose, yeah. <laughs> so. so, Paul, are you okay back there? Yes? What time is it, bro? Three. Three fifteen. Oh, so you have forty-five minutes left. 
All right, let's start over again. <laughs> this time I'm going to read it backwards. That's good. The way is beyond language. Take this seriously. The way is beyond language, for in it there is no yesterday, no tomorrow, no today. I'm not saying another word. Right on the right on the site. The teacher didn't speak as long as he was supposed to. I don't feel I got my money's worth. I give him four stars. He was sort of funny, but he cursed a lot. Uh, I give him three stars. I think it's better just to buy your CDs, save your money, and you'll get more talking. He's taller than I thought he'd be. (laughs) He doesn't seem as friendly as I was hoping. I did record that little segment. I may have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>